listener, it's Kathleen. You may have noticed that Sword of Symphonies hasn't been updating recently. I just haven't had the time I'd like to put into the podcast lately. However, we are all okay. All of Season 2 has been recorded, and we are working on some goodies before Season 3 starts. Don't worry, Cobb Tissa, Penelope, and the Westbreaker and Amilta will all be coming back. They just need some time in the editing chamber. So, look forward to that sooner or later. If you'd like to support the podcast financially so I've got a little more time to work on that, you know where to find it. But for now, enjoy this cat's cradle. Thanks for sticking with us. everyone, this is Nick. I'm here with Cat's Cradle. Funny thing about Cat's Cradle today, we're missing the cat, but instead we have the wonderful Kathleen. That's me. And also the wonderful but somewhat gremlin energy, Kirsten. (laughs) That is me. (laughs) Normally at this point in the Cat's Cradle, Cat makes some sort of metaphor about how... This topic that we have come up with today, sometimes at the last minute, is related to babies or child rearing. But uh, today there is no baby in the cradle, and we are prepared because Nick has something near and dear to his heart that he'd like to talk about today. Yeah, so I'm kind of leading the charge on this one today. Uh, I want to talk about homebrewing, and as an example, we're all going to make the startings of our own ranger today. We're going to homebrew some heroic cord, and we're going to come up with a ranger that is uh, cat-free, I guess. Custom class. Custom class. So we're going to go into a little bit of the custom class today, but I was thinking, and we'll have to see how everybody's feeling about this, but I was thinking once we're kind of done here, I'm going to finish up the class, and we're going to throw that up on Patreon. Ooh. So be on the lookout then, everybody, if you're one of our patrons for a custom class that you can use or just, you know, look at and have fun with. That'll be up for everybody. A new ranger to explore. Absolutely. But before we get into that, I wanted to go over a little bit of, you know, obviously when when you're homebrewing, one of the things that is important is to match the game tone that you're going for. And I guess the first thing is to kind of say, well, what do I mean when I say game tone? You know, is it everybody in the game has a really high-pitched or low-pitched voice? Well, not quite. But what I do mean is a couple of things that I look at when I look at game tone is I look at the genre of the game. You know, obviously, if you're doing your custom class for, you know, the dragon game, you're probably not going to put in a cyborg, you know, or... Something like that? Probably not. Or maybe you're especially going to uh, play a cyborg because it's the dragon game and everybody likes to play things that aren't the dragon game in the dragon game. That is also a very good, uh, that is a very good point. The other thing, or I should say the second thing, is what is the crunch level of the game? In our case, we're obviously looking at Heroic Chord, but you don't want to make something in a game that is either way more complicated or way less complicated. It'll feel weird and 
it just won't gel very nicely. And then uh, the last thing is the game feel or the game fantasy. How does playing the game sort of make you feel? So to get into that for a moment, and we'll work our way backwards to the other two. In our case, Heroic Chord, the game feel or the game fantasy is a pastoral, helpful game with, with some horror elements. So it's about everybody coming together and working together and overcoming, for the most part, largely forces of nature, that sort of thing. Surviving against the world and the natural forces, or supernatural forces in this case. But for us, what that's going to mean is we probably don't want exceptionally, like, violent character. You know, we're, we're not making the Doom Slayer here. This is not really that kind of game. And likewise, we probably, for this sort of game, we don't want someone who's really, like, player conflict-centric. We don't want the backstabbing rogue who steals all the treasure. That's not what this game is about. Now, there are games where that's a bigger thing. The game that I would say encourages the most sort of player infighting would be something like Paranoia, where you are, you know, encouraged to backstab everybody. But it's, like, kind of, you know, it's goofy and it's fun, and you could play it really intrigue, but... Like, that sort of thing is is played up in that game, whereas that's not really what Heroic Court is about. Going one back, the crunch level of Heroic Court is sort of a slightly less than the Dragon game, but it's not quite a full narrative game. It's a little more crunch-heavy than, say, something like Powered by the Apocalypse, which has a lot of inbuilt player direction. And then obviously the last one then is the genre. And for Heroic Chord, it is a post-post-apocalyptic pastoral kind of, I wouldn't say renaissance, but there are ships and there are cannons, but people aren't packing like firearms, or if there are firearms, they are old world things. There's obviously no corporations as we know them in the setting. It's not the sort of medieval that, the D&D, which I'm not going to get into what actually medieval is, but that's sort of like... Yeah, no one knows fantasy. what medieval means in tabletop role-playing games. Actually, you ask any historian, nobody knows what medieval means, I think, actually. That's probably very <laughs> true. But I guess for our purposes, uh, the pop culture D&D medieval, the game isn't quite that. It is still a fantasy game. There are demons and there are... I guess, evil ghosts. But also there aren't, like, elves or dwarves. At least not that Cat has told us yet. Maybe they're hiding something from us for the big season three reveal. Yeah, they're just capable of all sorts of things. We don't know. I feel like I have to channel Cat here and be like, there could be elves. There could be elves. Cat is capable of anything. They very much are. But for our purposes, we are going to go with what we have seen and played as so far. So for our heroic chord, what we kind of want to look into is our ranger, they're not going to be sci-fi, they're not going to be heavily medieval, that would be weird. We're not going to give them charts upon charts of special rules, but we're also not just going to give them carte blanche. You know, we want to we be a little, uh, that perfect al dente rules crunch, let's say. Ah, uh, yes. The seven minutes in the boiled water Ranger, you know, get that right consistency. <laughs> and then also the Rangers, we want them to be very cooperative centric, even if they're going to wind up being someone who might be like a solo operative, they still need to play together with everybody. 
Now, case in point, the beckoning infiltrators were Kat's take on, well, what about the sneaky rogue? But they still had to play with everybody. And that's a really cool, interesting idea. Absolutely. Let's get into the technical part of this. How is a ranger in heroic cord built? What sort of things do we need to have when we are making a ranger? And this is something that anyone who has looked at the system resource document for Harmony Drive that Kat put together, what, last year now, that is sort of about how to build your own game like Heroic Chord. And there is a whole chapter that you could check out about what they have to say about class creation. But for the purposes of Heroic Chord, we've kind of got three big components, I would say, from like a mechanics perspective. Yeah, our three big things that all of the Ranger classes have, and I'll go over some of the other things that they have just because, you know, we're going to take this a little further than just mechanical. But obviously you're going to have your spell pieces, you're going to have your survival specialty, you're going to have your assist pool, and you're going to have your season abilities. You also get combat abilities, but those are no longer tied to the classes, so you'll be able to pick one of those just out of the regular rules. Before we get started, I will also like to point out that there is one very special thing that every ranger has to have in the setting in order for them to be a ranger. They're Daelith. Indeed. That is where they get their name from, and that is where they will get a lot of their flavor and backstory from. And so I think the first thing that we should all take a look at is names are hard. We'll come up with a name like in a bit, but I think to get a good name, all of the Daleists tend to be set somewhere. They're very tied to a certain biome or land feature where they live. Obviously, you have, you know, Volcanic Shafing, who's on a coastal volcanic range. You get lots of jungle-type flavor and heat flavor, same with Wandering Hector. But I guess going from that, where should our Daleith be from? Hmm. Ah, I'm thinking something like ocean bound. Like, you know how there's people that dive pretty deep down, like free dive, um, and they'll dive for like clams and things like that or, or. Oh, like an underwater statue. Ooh. So I will say we do have the oceanic Daolith title Augustine. However, I like this idea because Tidal Augustine is much more of like sailing and open ocean. I like the idea that our Daleth might be like a coral reef. Like they're in a coral reef or they're in that, what is it, the shelf? Right before you dip way out into the deep, mm -hmm. deep ocean where there's all sorts of critters and, and undersea gardens and kelp and all that fun stuff. Ooh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. The coastal shelf. I like it. So then, going from our... Coastal Shelf Daleith. Obviously, our biome then is going to be, I guess, coral reefs is probably a good place to start. Or do we want to... Well, I'm going to put down coral reefs for now because I'm sure there is a better word. I will find that out later. Well, coral reef is already a pretty specific biome. And while the coral spirit is an ally of volcanic chafing and the volcanic trackers... I think we can do something different with this. There's a whole bunch of cool things to talk about and take inspiration from when we're talking about 
coral reefs. Yeah, I think the the one thing that actually immediately stands out to me, and this is just because for the longest time I was a big fan of clownfish, I think a big part of maybe our Daleth should be um, camouflage. Okay. Yeah. And I don't want to say subtle, but there's a lot of, let's just, there's a lot of poisonous critters that live in the coral reefs. A lot of them. Sea anemones are poisonous. Yeah. Ooh. That's legit. Jumping off the clownfish and the coral in a different direction. The thing that jumps out to me about coral reefs are all of the cool cooperative and symbiotic strategies. You have clownfish living in sea anemones. You have the coral themselves, some of which are colonial animals that contain algae inside them. You have cleaner fish and cleaner shrimp. You have like octopuses and groupers hunting together. There are all sorts of just cool clashes and combinations and collaborations and synergies between all sorts of different creatures. Yeah, I I really like that. And hey, going back to that game feel, that slots right in there. Yeah, that's Heroic Chord 101. Okay, so we need collaborative, very collaborative, and like either poison or poison resistance or both or... Yeah, okay, okay. Well, I think some of that stuff we can slot into like spell pieces, but I think actually going off of that, putting that sort of like heavy symbiosis as the assist pool. That would be good. Oh, maybe. Okay, never mind. I got to think this through a little bit. Sorry. <laughs> There's kind of a flash of an idea, but I, I, it needs to percolate. We're brainstorming right now. Pardon? Listener, this is part of the process. You brainstorm, you write a lot of things down, and then you don't use most of them. <laughs> It's very important, but I'm thinking of like, maybe you can summon schools of like fish or something somehow, or like little minnows or, uh, anyways, I have to think on that a little bit somehow, how that'll work in. But I I like the idea of being like able to have these like fish swarms. Well, so I think actually a good, a good point there is now that we've, we've got that, um, probably a really good place to throw a bunch of brainstorming is what kind of spell pieces is our, is our coastal Coral Daleth going to have? This is a, I mean, this is a good one. I think Symbiotic actually is a really good spell piece. Yeah. Can we also maybe have Swarm? Sure. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm kind of stuck in S words with all of you. How about Shelter or Sheltering? Ooh. That's a good one. I'm going to throw out, I think, I think this is already used in Volcanic Shaping, but Poisonous, just because, again, I'm going back to the Clownfish and the Ascian enemies. Mm-hmm. Color. Yeah, color or colorful. Coral reefs are extremely colorful. Do we already have, I can't, I, my brain, I, my memory. Do we, is wave used? I think the tidal navigators might have wave, but I don't see why you can't reuse it. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. Another one thinking of all of the little corals and critters down there, shell. Mm-hmm. Nice. Continuing with our S words. Maybe we should have a couple of options that are like nice Kirsten words, like how everything is an arrow, something a little bit martial. So like spine or tooth or jaws, shark teeth. Or maybe like scales, scales, like that's more of like defensive. Sure. Why not? Again, this is, this is the brainstorm and we'll go over these. Uh, actually on scale, I liked shimmering. 
mm-hmm. which I, we're really leaning into the S words on this one. We're really leaning into the S words on this, and I'm not sure what that means about us. It just really seems to fit. This is where Kat in the future is like, wow. Oh, wow. I'm the words one, huh? Uh, yeah, kind of. <laughs> I want something about like all of the teeming life on coral reefs. Bountiful? Ooh, that's really good. That is a good one. Putting that one down. Also, okay, I'm throwing a Nick word in there. Kelp. Heck yeah. Kelp is awesome. Just kelp. No frills. Just kelp. Maybe the kelp has frills. Some kelp has frills, right? There's got to be frilly kelp. I'm going to believe that there is until proven otherwise. (laughs) Well, so that's a good smattering of words for now. Do we want to chase more mechanics right now? Do we want to talk a little bit more about our fantasy of who these rangers are? So we know some of the magic that they can do is got a little bit of danger. We got a little bit of plenty. What kind of role do these rangers serve in their communities? Oh, that's a good question. I'm sort of picturing someone who is maybe more of a very much a support role. Maybe they have a lot of medical training or like... I mean, they could use that art for good, or they could use that art in a bit more of an offensive manner. I think in that direction, I was also kind of thinking maybe like a scientist of some sort. Mm -hmm. Oh. Or maybe not a scientist as we think of it, but someone who is, you know, out in the field doing field work, looking for things, maybe looking for medicine, looking for that sort of stuff, or in the field of communities, maybe they're community planners or something like that. Okay. So sort of a science engineering type, but not like not what like what we think of as sort of the STEM engineer. Mm, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like what you're talking about with like organization and that sort of stuff, because that's bringing that symbiotic energy we have with a lot of reef communities again. And I think a lot of, um, I shouldn't say, oh, I shouldn't say a lot, but I feel like um, of the rangers that we do have, we have some that are a little bit more, I don't want to use the word solitary because it is about kind of coming together, but I, I I feel like they do a lot of the more, maybe more solo journeys and those, those like the crusaders who are a little bit more, tend to be more like traveling with units or something or. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. So I, I kind of like the idea of this one being as we kind of have some that, that are, are more collaborative in their mannerisms and some that are a little bit more solitary. I think the the most interesting thing actually is this takes it in sort of an, an urban direction and there's really I think only one openly urban ranger and that's the beckoning infiltrator. That's true. Oh my goodness, I am now having visions of Splatoon's various hub worlds. These big thriving colorful chaotic cities full of like fashionistas fashionista sea creatures. Well, let's use some of that then. After all, a big part of these sorts of creatures is color displays, that sort of thing. We already got a little bit of that. Yeah. Well, I think that's going to clench it then. They're getting fashion as one of their starting skills. Nice. Ah, Someone who knows about people and knows how to get along with people. Should we also give them politics? Absolutely. Well, I guess the other thing is, should we just give them engineering? Yeah, we should give them engineering. Fashion, politics, and engineering. All right. Moving on then. Okay, now now we're getting to a big one. Assist pool. Yeah. 
So we've got the idea of symbiosis, which could mean a whole bunch of things and could bring a whole bunch of different types of fantasies to play here. So, yeah, I am thinking that the assist pool should definitely be some form of symbiosis or super cooperation, maybe sharing senses with your party members. Oh, um, I was even thinking like go really fantasy with it, like um, sort of in a similar vein to your like werewolf ranger that you made, like where you bring parts of the environment along with you. Oh my gosh, that's so funny that you just brought that up because I was picturing someone like knuckle boxing, but they have like urchin spines on their knuckles. <laughs> so I was like, the, the fact that you mentioned like using symbiosis with the environment, I was like, yes, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. And the other question is, I suppose, power level. Like, this is the thing that we have done a cat's cradle about is how often do you want a thing to happen? How strong do you want it to be? Like, I really like this idea and we should use it some way. And if we don't use it for the assist pool, we should absolutely use it for a season power. I really, really like the idea of sea urchin knuckle dusters. Right? They're just so cool. <laughs> I think that should go in the assist pool. I think one of the assist pool powers should be borrowing some sort of feature from one of these coral reef critters. So not only could you do, you know, sea urchin knuckle dusters, but you could do, you know, anemone stinging, you know, I was going to say stinging slime, but I don't think it's actually slime, but like <laughs> stinging anemone. Do you mean like you would have like a stinging touch or do you like manifest a tentacle? Yes. <laughs> I really do like the idea of the sort of like more powerful assist pool feature being able to take on an aspect of a sea critter for a little bit. Excellent. So maybe that's the, the two assist scatter ability is you can take on some aspect of a sea critter. Again, maybe urchin spines or sea anemone touch or octopus tentacles and or uh, skin or eyes. Octopus, they got, they got wild eyes. They can see all sorts of... They got wild eyes. They got cool camouflage abilities. All sorts of things to admire about the octopus. So I think, well, that that is the more, like, just kind of straight up magic. I do think a, like, sharing senses or sharing basic thoughts or something with the other party members would be a good one for, like, just, this is something that you can do. You know, this is a one, one scatter, lets you do it for a little bit. Mm -hmm. I think sharing senses ties in more with the biological kind of thing and less, like, it's less psychic powers. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what, what does this sound like to you? So uh, our other communicate at a distance messages are something like message on the wind, where you whisper a thing and the wind takes it to you, or the more manifestively psychic powery version that the infiltrators have. So I was thinking, and this is, this is me really leaning into the symbiosis part of this, Mm -hmm. But I was thinking when you do like a sense share, like the effect would literally be like you get a bit of the other person. So like if you share sight, all of a sudden each of you have one of the eyes of the other person. Oh, that's sick. So it goes both ways. Yeah. So it is, it is, it's a, it's a two way thing. So Ooh. I'm also I'm kind of leaning into a lot of like biopunk for this class all of a sudden. 
Yeah, seemingly. It's cool. I like biobunk. I like weird shit. Okay, okay. That's a really, really cool fantasy. How do we nail that down mechanically? Or do we want to leave that for later? I think that'll probably be something we have to leave for a little bit later, seeing as we don't have an unlimited amount of time on this. Okay. But we that is going to require a bit more thought. I do really like it. And yeah, we will definitely keep going on that one uh, in the future. But for now, we have one more assist pool idea that we, we want to, to take a look at. So let's see, we've got... We've got a sharing senses. We've got borrowing bits of reef critters. Um, what's another good? Well, and we could also break up the uh, borrowing bits of reef critters if we wanted to, because camouflage is a super cool and super biopunky sort of power to explicitly lay out like that. You know what? Actually, I am right there. Camouflage. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Ooh, and that'd be really cool because in the higher levels, maybe you can, like, do that to other party members somehow. Like, I mean, that's, we don't need to worry about that right now because that seems like. Ooh, while we're, th- while we're thinking about higher level, what what about, like, mimicking other people? Ooh, you know, like oh, a mimic octopus oh, or, like, yeah. the um, way that you will have creatures just mimic other creatures in their body plan. Yeah, like think, um, like the what is it, cuttlefish and things like that that can, oh yeah, make themselves look like different corals or things. Like it's insane. Oh, I like that. I think that actually is a really good segue into that would make a great seasonal ability. Mm-hmm. And so this is something that I really liked to do when I made my three other rangers. Was I like to have seasonal abilities that would buff your assist pool or buff your survival feature. Okay. So I think maybe one of the seasonal abilities, and we don't, maybe this doesn't make it into season one, but I think one of the seasonal abilities should be like, I don't know what you want to call it, but like improved camouflage or, you know, shareable camouflage, something like that, where you can use your assist pool, you know, the one that isn't just sharing with with a party member, you can use it on one of the other party members at the same time. So say if there's two of you who want, you know, urchin knuckle dusters, and you have this ability, two of you get urchin knuckle dusters. Or if you want to all be octopus in an octopus's garden. And who doesn't? I like that a lot. That's a cool idea. One thing I'd like to say about season abilities is that you got to think season abilities through a lot because you do not get very many of them. You only get to pick about five of them over the total course of a character's lifespan. I mean, the rules are written open-endedly so that you can keep going past season five and getting new abilities if you want to. But the season ability has to be something cool and important and like interesting for your character. In that regard, I definitely think that sharing your assist pool abilities is a really good one. Mm Mm-hmm. Certainly a mimic another person ability, like it adds to your assist pool that you can use this more powerful camouflage that lets you mimic another person. That I think is definitely a cool seasonal ability. Agreed. What are some other sorts of cool ways of being we could potentially give this ranger? Like, is this, for instance, a ranger that would get overscatter, do you think? Most classes have access to overscatter at one point, but I don't think all of them do. 
I think because this is, we are making this very specifically a ranger who is not only scattering some of their, you know, personal self out there, but literally their body. I think overscatter goes with this ranger very well. I agree. But like overscatter is one of my favorite season abilities in the game. Yeah. And I, I definitely think that our, our decoy octopus here. <laughs> our, our doctopus. Doc Ock here. I definitely think that that fits them. Um, I do think that our Daleth, part of their name should be something about being camouflaged or mimicry or something like that. Or maybe make their name um, in relation to maybe a old English shapeshifter or something like that. Seeing as we're making kind of a um, coral reef shapeshifter kind of character, which I wasn't expecting it to go here, but I think it's really cool where we've landed. Yeah. Oh, shoot. We never talked about the survival specialty. Oh, yeah. We gotta, we have to take a look at that. Survival specialty is the character's class-specific non-combat support ability. So, for instance, the tidal navigator's ability is Cry of the Waves, where when you can hear the ocean's soothing roar, you can make a focus roll every time you take damage to lose one scatter for every success. So... In this case, then, you can, if you're hearing the ocean's roar, you can turn damage into scatter instead. So for our symbiosis biopunk ranger, I kind of want to give them some sort of, like, th thinking of the, the damage thing of maybe, like, spreading damage across the party. But at the same time, though, that's not really how combat works in this game. Yeah. And so I think that's that's much more of a, like... That would be a bigger deal in like in a D and D's rather than this yeah, game. Yeah, where... yeah, 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 yeah. Like you have a health share thing in something where you're constantly taking damage, and you have large hit pools, uh, so that you're balancing everything out, like Dungeons and Dragons or like MMO combat, for instance. That would be a super powerful ability, but is not quite what we're looking for in Heroic Chord. Yeah. Actually, you know what I think a really good one would be for this? Yeah? Their survival specialty is they can share a skill with somebody. Oh, that's perfect. It's like, hey, hey, Clementine, lend me your politics. So, yeah, I think for their survival specialty, I want it to be some sort of skill share. Oh, I love that. I love that. I love that. It's real simple. There's not a lot of infrastructure that you need to build into the game to do it. I think that's pretty good. What do you think, Kirsten? I like it a lot. I I agree that it works really well with the the theme of this ranger, and um, I feel like it's it, yeah. Since since our like assist uh, pools and things like that are a little bit more out there, I guess, or like that there's sort of something that's a little bit more streamlined for the works really well. I think. Yeah, I think after all of that, that's a really good skeleton. We've got our biome, we've got our survival specialty, we've got some spell pieces, we've got our assist pool idea, we've got some season abilities. Before we go, though, before we wrap this up for the brainstorming session, I think we should come up with our Daleth name. Mm. For the record, the Daleths of Amilta are all named after famous historical and often military figures. And while you don't have to do this for your homebrew, I just wanted to say that that's the naming convention that's gone on. So 
I don't know if we've got somebody that happens in mind or not, but I figured I ought to say that for the record. So for a name, I am, I'm not quite to a name yet, but I do think that our descriptor should be Myriad. Myriad is good. I really like the idea of the Daleth being a sunken statue. I think not only is it a sunken statue, but it's a, like, it's a bunch of people on the statue. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, is it a scene of multiple people? Is it, are we doing it more in the sense of, like, multiple manifestations of a god-type statue? Like, I kind of like the idea of of a scene, because I was just, like, Googling famous generals good at camouflage. And one of the first, one of the things is like, I guess the French army was the first to have a specifically dedicated camouflage unit. So I like the idea of it being like a unit. (laughs) If we're talking about camouflage, that's a French word. Ah, that would make sense. (laughs) Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's cool. So like when you mentioned like a statue of multiple, I like the idea of it kind of being, you know, like a statue of a unit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I like the idea that it's a unit or a scene or something like that. It's It's a group working together. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. And I think making it a interesting, cool French general who I don't know any of them because that is... <laughs> look, I, I am a bit of a grognard. I've been playing tabletop war games for a long, long time. I never got into the historicals. Never did. Mm-hmm. I wasn't out there, you know, getting mad at people having too many buttons on their Napoleonic war coats or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and I suppose um, in Amelta, they all tend to be figures of antiquity specifically. Yeah. Our mystery season three Daleth, uh, Benevolent Juga, is named after Juga Kongming, who uh, was a, an important figure in the Three Kingdoms era in China. So like around 200 AD. And like uh, enduring Gaius being after uh, Julius Caesar. Yeah, because the, the only, obviously, as the non-historically literate person that I am, the only French general I can think of is Napoleon. Which, to be fair, <laughs> Myriad Napoleon is kind of a cool name. I also found, too, because um, France used to be, like, it was the, the Gaul tribes, right? Yes. So, Vercingetorix. Was the king and chieftain who united the Gauls? So maybe. Okay, if we're gonna chase Gauls. Um, how about uh, Ambiorix, who, according to Wikipedia, was a Gaulish chieftain who opposed Caesar. Ooh. And uh, one of his epithets is the King Protector. Oh, prote- yeah. Okay, yeah. I like the I li- that that works very well. And so how do you spell that name? A-M-B-I-O-R-I-X. So Myriad Ambiorix. How, do, how does that sound? Myriad Ambiorix. If you say it in English, it also sounds kind of spooky. I like it. Me too. I don't know if I would like it enough to survive second draft, but it's good enough for the first one. It's good enough for the first one. And so then they would be the Myriad... Now, this is the second tricky part. What are the rangers called? Oh, um. Because they, they get myriad. They get the, I guess, descriptor of the Daleth. They sure do. Hmm. 
Myriad Dwellers is a little bit too Call of Cthulhu. Yeah. Um, cause I'm trying to think of something that relates more to their their position within their communities as the sort of like planner or go between or you know that that sort of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Going back to it, what about engineer? Myriad engineer. That makes sense. Myriad counselors. Eh, not quite. I kind of want to use symbiote, but I think that's too sci-fi sounding. That's too sci-fi sounding, yeah. Myriad rallier? Mm. They bring people together? (laughs) Uh, Rallier doesn't really feel good to say. Eh, it's kind of clunky, yeah. This is why names are hard, listener. Because they have to mean something. They have to mean something. Like, crier is another thing that jumps off of what Kirsten is saying, but, like, I think that's too specific. Yeah. Like, I kind of want to use, like, a military rank, but I don't think that this is a military... Like, that would work for the Crusaders, but it, I don't think it works here. What about Myriad Uniter? Uh, that's a little bit paladin-flavored for me. Mm. This is a tricky one. Because, like, I want to use, like, biology terms, but then they, they all of them make this really sci-fi sounding... <laughs> Right? (laughs) Mason would be really interesting if we used that. Like, Mason would be really interesting, but, like, I can't abide a, um... The repetition of sounds and that, that's no good. Myriad generator? Too sci-fi again. Uh, Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. we We need something... It's it's like we have we have some things that are right off the top of the head like diver, but um, that's not oh 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 oh. What's someone who makes ropes called? That's a good question. Yeah, it looks like it's just called a rope maker. That is not helpful, universe. <laughs> it's the right idea, but it's not it's not cool enough. Well, actually, in that direction, what about Myriad Weaver? Myriad Weaver. Sure. Yeah. I think we found it. Like, that's pretty dang mysterious. In another game, a Myriad Weaver would definitely have some fate powers. But, you know, there's there's something for Weaver. Let's go with that for now. Yeah, I was also thinking Splicer, but again, too sci-fi. Oh god, a splicer is just also from Bioshock, though, huh? Yeah, it's as it also turns out though this this character is also kind of just from Bioshock. <laughs> it's a little bit there. Yeah, our, our ranger kind of wound up being a little bit of a Bioshock character, just a little bit. Well, as long as we don't have the season five ability mean that you attach a drill to your arm, or you know, get really into objectivism. <laughs> oh, I hope not. Well, I think that goes against the whole cooperative nature of the class, though, so. Ah, indeed it does. So, listener, we're going to work a little bit more on this on our own time off microphone, and you can find our version of it on the internet in the future, almost assuredly on our Patreon, but maybe somewhere else. But we would really, really, really love... If you all took your own crack at this, if you are in the mood to do some game design. Yeah, show us the myriad of things that you can come up with. Like, seriously, this is a whole lot of fun. And 
we'd love to hear what you all are thinking. You can just tell us whatever you would like to tweet us at Peach Garden RPGs or using the email form on the website, swordofsymphonies.com. There is also an entire game design channel on the Heroic Discord, which is linked in our pinned twit, which is linked on our pinned tweet on Twitter. I think the first way is a little more accurate to using Twitter, but <laughs> for the sake of the read. <laughs> but yeah, thanks for sticking with us, listener, and on this journey to start the Myriad Weaver. And we'll catch up with you next time. Bye. Catch Bye, you on the flip side, everybody. Thanks for listening. Oh, a new sign-off from Kirsten. Nice. <laughs> <laughs>